What is up, everybody? This is Ryan with the Sales and Marketing Bill Freedom Podcast. Excited to have on a special guest. I got Dan Horwood joining me today, and he's going to talk about scaling his business with referrals and how you can do the same thing. Now, it's it's pretty cool and unique because this is something I believe is one of the most underutilized capabilities on LinkedIn, but also in business. And it could massively, massively help you exponentially cut down the sales cycle, increase warm leads, and just blow your business up. What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley with the Sales and Marketing Build Freedom Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Dan Horwich. Dan, welcome to the show. Happy to have you on, my man. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, man. It's, it's a pleasure to see you, too. Your smiling face there. And uh, I want to kick things off to give everybody a backdrop drop on Dan. So Dan is an active networker focused on making a difference in the professional lives of IT practitioners, as well as VP of sales and CROs. He has developed a company called Camp IT, in which he's currently the president and executive director and provides virtual and on-site conferences. And Dan's really excited to have Dan on today because we're going to talk about basically scaling your business through referrals and, and something that... I've seen Dan do amazingly firsthand and has truly inspired me. So I want to share Dan with you and share Dan with the world. So Dan, super excited to dig in, my man. And why don't we start off? I gave a quick intro about you, but why don't you give everybody a quick intro about yourself as well? Yeah, no, Ryan, thank you for having us. And I'm thrilled to be able to share this with everyone. So I took over, this is really a second generation family business. Uh, my family started it back 37 years ago. Prior to that, I was a salesperson in IT. So I've seen both, I mean, I've gone through the whole range of cold calling, hunting, farming, all the different required skills. And those skills are different than when you're, when you're running your own business. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen throughout time is people buy from, like it's, it's the old adage that we all know, people buy from those they trust, that have integrity, that where you've built credibility. The challenge, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs is, oh, you know, what do we do now, given the current environment? How do we scale when customers aren't at their desks, mm -hmm. when they're getting flooded by other requests from vendors where it's nonstop noise from whether it's technology providers or in other industries, other types of providers? And the key to any of this is leveraging the relationships you have. So I've been fortunate enough to have built some great relationships over the years, over the past couple of decades. But the key to any of, the, of that, though, is that um, you can't just rest on past relationships. You have to keep building new ones and keep focused, or stay, I should say stay focused on finding a common thread with individuals, even if it has nothing to do with business, because you're always one degree away from someone who's potentially a buyer just by figuring out the commonalities you have with certain individuals, establishing that baseline and, and asking for introductions. But the key to that is you never ask for introductions until you've already given introductions for someone. So you have to make deposits 
think of it as a bank. You've got to make a bunch of deposits before you start with withdrawals. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's I think you nailed it spot on because I mean a, anybody knows when, when someone first jumps on a call with you and you're meeting them for the first time and they just start asking how you could help them, it's it, it just kind of doesn't feel right, you know. Um, however, you know I've seen you do this firsthand and and <clears throat> let's give everybody let's give you the listener I should say just a backdrop on like your business has transformed. So one of the things about Dan's business for you that don't know, it was all in person before, correct? Before COVID, it was all 100% in person and then you shifted it all to 100% virtual, correct? Correct. Okay, which is amazing within itself. And then, you know, we were talking, you've had tremendous growth through completely flipping that as well, haven't you? Yes, I mean, it, it was really interesting. I flipped early. So it was the second week of March last year when COVID really started to hit. March 11th was the date that I think we'll all remember. It was that week. And when you listen to what was going on, um, the experts in the field and medicine, and then you apply that to really what was happening in your own industry, and given that the conference business, the education business, the networking business, it's, it's, a, it's a human business, meaning it's not what we're, what we're delivering is a promise. It's mm-hmm. not a technology. It's not a product people can touch. It's an experience. And whether it's the conference business or any business based around experiences, you had to know it was going to change overnight, and it did. And right after I canceled one of my events because of COVID, within four days, I had a plan. But I also had to think through how I was going to launch that plan, how mm-hmm. I was going to leverage my base, how I was going to continue to build new relationships. There are a lot of people I'm doing business with now that I wasn't doing business with on the on-site conferences because I sped up my networking efforts. So it was flipping, it was positioning, but also knowing that I had to constantly network. But the key to networking isn't, let's just meet people and figure out how to help each other. It has to go deeper than that. You need to think about individuals as human beings Mm -hmm. that are trying to put food on the table. And to me, that's the baseline of it all is, in one of your prior sessions, uh, Ryan, I had mentioned it doesn't matter what you what you sell because eventually, if you're a technology provider, whatever you sell is going to become commoditized. But what doesn't become commoditized is the relationship. And I adhere to that. So I always think about it from an attendee perspective, how do I make them, even in the virtual world, more effective? How do I give them insights? How do I help get them promoted indirectly? How do we help them articulate the successes they're having in IT with the business so they get that appreciation, right? And then from the sponsor side, how do I establish that connection between the sponsors and the buyers in the virtual world. And we're told we're doing it much more efficiently and effectively. And I can't obviously share the secret sauce of how I do it, but it's really based on relationships and connections that we have that go back decades. But when we get, when we sort of step back and get into networking, you have to always think about the human side of it, not necessarily what someone's trying to accomplish at their company or a solution they're trying to implement, but you need to step back and think about them as human beings that have worries, concerns, needs, fears, um, wanting to grow in a tough time. Step back and, and get rid of all of the business speak and the what you're trying to pitch and just get to know them as human beings and see if you can make connections for them to help them in their personal life. I think that's awesome, man. And I, so let's take that a step further because I, I think you're onto something. And a lot of people don't focus on this at all. Most uh, people don't. I mean, they don't. And, you know, and I've heard people say like, hey, I can't meet with them live. How am I supposed to build relationships or, 
you don't have those side conversations, how can you build relationships, all different areas like that, right? So all these different, what people perceive as blocks to really creating that intimate relationship or connection. So if you had to break it down, like you're, you're, let's say you're talking to someone and you have a networking call and how would you do that in terms of creating that connection fast and, and efficiently, you know, while also connecting at a human level? Like, how do you do that? What's your approach to it, your thought process? Just walk us through that. Well, first I want to get to know them as people. And the way I approach networking is what you, I know the way I approach is what's in it for them to meet with me. Mm-hmm. It's not about what I'm pitching. That's the last thing I talk about, right? It's only if it comes up in conversation because what's consistent, what the thread is or the theme is that human connection. Mm-hmm. And so I trace it back. I mean, I have an interesting background. I trace back to a lot of this back to my grandfather escaping the Holocaust because he went through a letter writing campaign, reached out to someone in Chicago who rescued him. So the way I think about this is someone opened up the door for my grandfather. So I'm here. Like without that, I don't exist. My mother doesn't exist. Our daughters don't exist. My nephews, my brother, none of that is possible without the kindness of a stranger. So I think about this a little more deeply in terms of what are the human needs. And I, so when you start a conversation with someone, you have to have your, your own why, right? We talk about your, your own why, your own, your own reason. Why is it that you're doing something? What is it that's important to you? What is it that's important to other people? And you know, your solution, what, what people are pitching isn't always what's most important. What's always gonna be most important is, is the human relationship. So I like to dig deeper with people and just get to know them. What do they like to, to do in their spare time? You know, what are they kind of struggling with? And a lot of that stuff you can find out without asking a direct question because you never want to ask a direct question like that with someone you barely know. You have to let the conversation flow. And the way I reach out to folks is we're both in the same industry. Maybe there are ways we can help each other directly. If not, maybe there are folks in our respective networks that can help one another. We're all in this together. That's it. That's generally how I reach out to people. Now, the key to any of this is you find very quickly who are the people that are that will be receptive to that. What's always what's interesting, what I always find fascinating about LinkedIn is 95% of the people out there don't know how to use LinkedIn. And they just assume it's a place to, to collect connections, kind of like a Facebook, like a number of friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, the way I look at it is you want to, when I connect with folks, I'll wait some time, reach out to them and say, are there, are there ways we can help each other? Or, you know, I'm an open networker. I'm happy to help you, especially people who are out of work. I'll reach out to them and say, I know, I know that we're connected to folks. If I can be of help to you, let me know. And I've done that a half a dozen times over the last month and immediately introduced those six people to recruiters. One of them just got a job offer last week. So I think it's awesome. all about how do you give and give and give and make those deposits before you make any withdrawals because it's going to separate separate people out in a couple of ways. One, they're going to see you're really genuine, that you truly care. And two, when people are helped by someone, they either want to pay it forward to someone else, 95, 97% of the time, or they want to pay it back to someone. Either way, you're creating goodwill. But it also helps with the branding exercise, where if people are seeing that you're willing to help, they're nine out of 10 times going to say, hey, you, know, you were helpful to me, how can I help you? And that's where you can go in for an ask. So that's really the best way to network is to go out and help people or find people with commonalities. And not everyone's going to say yes. And you may, nine out of 10 times, people may not respond to you. But that one person who responds, who understands networking, 
could potentially introduce you to, to three other people who are like-minded. Each of those three people could probably introduce you to two or three people. So when it's a, within a month, you know, within about a month worth of time, you can end up having 10 or 15 introductions just by acting the, the appropriate way, meaning extending yourself to people who need it. Or another thing is if you need to, if you can, obviously during COVID it's, it's tough, but join online groups that are trying to make a difference where people are volunteering because people that are volunteering with other people, they that you, you end up, you end up develop, developing this camaraderie or, or your so-called tribe mm-hmm. where if they're like-minded enough to volunteer and they truly mean it, that means they're like-minded enough to make introductions for people. So what I would also say with that is don't always reach out to the people that are your direct prospect. Reach out to people that are maybe folks that would sit in between build a relationship with them because then they through a tr- can, can make a, a trusted introduction to your intended target. So don't always go after the target, go after someone that's probably connected to other targets, build goodwill with them and help them first. Okay. So I, you, you put some great nuggets in there, man. So I'm, I'm, I'll just run down the list. So before, when you start and your framework is what's in it for me, right? How do I, how do they see me as a human, right? What's my why? What's their why? Like get that dual connection, right? So that like, and, I, and I'm playing back some conversations I've had and when I've kind of exposed myself like that to people that I've met for the very first time, it completely changes the conversation. That's right. You know, Like that changed the conversation between you and I when we had that, the, you know, about a year and a half back, you know? Um, that's, and, yeah, that's just it. it it's, getting them to see that you're a human being, that you're not trying to sell something. Because then yeah. the reticence goes down. If they all of a sudden can sniff at the salesperson trying to pitch them, they're going to they're gonna tune out because that's not where they're at. What I always tell people is assume there are five things people are thinking about on a regular basis. And this is the way I tell this to my sponsors, I tell this to anyone. Assume that they had, that, that maybe they had a fight with their spouse the night before. Assume that they're trying to, maybe they're trying to get a child into college and paying for it. Maybe they're trying to figure out when they're going to retire, when they're going to take a vacation. Sadly, an ill relative, an ill parent. And, and during this pandemic, time of a pandemic, that's even more relevant. You have to think about it from the perspective of what someone else is going through right now. Mm-hmm. Because if you pitch it towards, well, I got the solution or I want to connect with you because I think we can help you. Nine out of 10 times now, that's not where the minds are of people. They're worried about their family. They're worried about their keeping their job. They're thinking about how they're going to get promoted. They're thinking about... Did they have to um, dip into savings this past year? Is retirement put off? They're, these are the things that they're thinking about. For them, a job is a means to an end. So how are you going to be more impactful to that means to an end? And that's really how you flip the switch. It's not that the solution is going to save all this time. Great. There are a lot of vendors that can do that. What differentiates the relationships of the people that truly are authentic and care about the relationship or care about the human being you have they have the shield of a buyer, right? They're the buyer. Mm-hmm. But behind that buyer is a human being who is just as concerned about what's going on as everyone else, who just has the same stress, you know, the same stressors or more than anyone else does, right? They could be working at a larger company that's going to go through layoffs. So it's peeling back the layer and just establishing a genuine, authentic relationship where you've given an offer of something that has nothing to do with it, with what they do for a living. Yeah, and... and- I think that's great, man, because I've seen that uh, resonate. So it's not always like, can you introduce them to a customer, right? But it could be, can you introduce them to a mentor? 
can you introduce them to even a personal, something they can help with a personal problem they have? I know you told me a story about that way back when. Yes. Um, but like those, those areas, and then sometimes it's, it's information too. Like it's some kind of give in terms of value. I think that's what the marketplace mostly assumes is value. I'm, 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 for, for you, the listener, I'm, I'm doing air quotes because people say value, which is overused, I think, is a, is a you know, a descriptor. But um, I think information on top of all those other things are, are great as well as the intro. So, um, And I also think you have to separate out the, per, the, the business brand from the personal brand. Walk through yeah. that. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So the personal brand is who you are as a professional and not t- necessarily tied to your company. There's a subtlety to this, right? You could say that oh, well, I'm a representative of XYZ company. Well, okay, you're representing the product and okay, you're part of the culture. But stepping aside from that, taking that brand off, you have your own personal brand. And how do you want to be seen by the general public, right? You, People buy, like I was saying before, and you and I both know because we've been in this long enough, the, you know, the maxim of um, people buy from people they like and trust has always been consistent throughout time. And, and again, it doesn't matter what tool you are, what, what tool you're selling, but you want, you want to have a favorability rate. Like people talk about the net promoter score of a product, a solution, a company. I think individuals need to think about their own net promoter score of themselves. Like how do they come across are they, every time they meet a customer, are they trying to sell something? Or every time they meet with a customer, are they continuing to build rapport and give them ideas for their own personal growth or introduce them to people? You have to be more of a full service. Your personal brand has to be full service. Sure, selling the product pays the bills, but anyone can do that, relatively speaking, unless it's more complicated. But not every salesperson has a unique understanding of the individual or values that individual beyond the buyer. People want to feel valued. They want to feel heard. They want to know that someone cares. And I would argue to say that a lot of people don't do that. There's some, there's some very ones that are very good at it. Um, but I also find that when you take the approach of focusing on constantly helping, even if there isn't something in it for you, and you have to have that balance, right? Because there are going to be takers that are out there. We've all run across them. You've run across them. I've run across them. That's life. You talk to any sales professional that leads with empathy they're, they're, or is a good-natured person, there are going to be people that, that are going to see that as something they can take advantage of. So you have to be firm at the same time as you're generous, right? Firm, fair, tough, generous, all that. But along with that, if you go from company to company, people aren't going to necessarily remember the last company you're at. They're going to remember the experience they had with you. So a lot of that is the whole personal brand separate from the corporate brand. People want, if, if your company does a bad job of servicing a product or solution, but the rep was so good and so thorough, that's the rep's personal brand versus the brand of the, of the service technicians or the overall brand of the company or however you want to articulate it. But I, I, first and foremost, salespeople need to focus on their own personal brands are they helpful? Are they decent? Are they doing things the right way? If Are they still going to talk to a customer if a customer's got nothing on the table for them to buy? Even if mm-hmm. a customer tells them to go pound sand for a year, politely, of course, the sales rep should always stay in touch and just continue to check in, not check in about are they ready to buy, just see how you're doing. But that only works if they've developed a certain amount of trust and rapport and display empathy and kindness along the way. Great. I love the differentiation between personal and company brand. That's, that's so true. And like, even if you are 
an entrepreneur or, you know, a small business owner, there's the same thing. That's like who you are as a person. And then, you know, what your company kind of stands for and what they provide. So, so Dan, why don't you walk through a little bit? We were talking about this a little bit before we came on, just kind of like how you frame up going on and basically business development activities where they're customer facing meetings versus referral driven meetings and like kind of how you structure that for your week and what kind of outcomes you see and, and, you know, just give some folks some ideas on how you, the listener could take advantage of this. Yeah. So I think what's vital is you have to join networking groups, online networking groups. Um, there's one that I'm going to give a shout out to, well, there are two that, that I really love. There's one that uh, my friend Vince Mazza runs uh, in Chicago and um there's another one that Michael Pesakovich and, uh, and Chris Johnson run called SIL, also in Chicago. They have some other chapters, I believe, around the Midwest, around the culture, but around the country. But the, th- the, the key is, I, for any of this, you have to join a networking group. And you have to join a networking group where it's a pay-it-forward mentality. Mm-hmm. And you go in there with the whole idea of opening your network and giving. And everyone has a network. Most people, I mean, I should say, a lot of people think they don't have a network. Sure, you know someone, your father knows someone, your cousin knows someone, you have a friend you went to college with, or you have an extra neighbor that is looking for something. You need to be self-aware and understand everyone in your ecosystem. A lot of times people don't think that deeply. So I think the first, first and foremost, you have to join networking groups, but you have to go in there with your own paid forward mentality where you're there, you're there, your whole reason for being there isn't to get. Your whole reason is, is to give. So when people see that you're giving, they're naturally going to want to give in kind because they're part of that group. They're giving as well. So when you go into a networking group, you should always think about each person you come in contact with, who can you, can you introduce them to two or three people? And the people you introduce them to don't necessarily need to be buyers, but they can be called connectors where they may have know folks. When you leave that networking group, you're probably going to have three or four people you're going to get introduced to afterwards. When you go for those three or four people that, that you get introduced to, you don't pitch them you get to know them and see if they can introduce you to people. But by, by, by proxy, they're going to introduce you to folks. So if you're constantly introducing folks, it's going to build your network. It's going to build your street cred. And that's going to lead to opportunities. I will say I probably, on any given week, could be introduced to 10 to 20 people just through networking. That in 10 to 20 are probably potential prospects. We're not all going to pan out but it's all through networking. It's not, you're not going to get that through cold calling unless you have an automated dialer. But even with that, it's not as authentic because you're just pounding that you're just pounding the phone, not to develop necessarily a real, um, get to know someone you're doing it because you have sales goals. It's a much more um, effective way from what I've found as an entrepreneur is to scale your business through networking connections, but always first and foremost, offering help, not asking for help, offering help. And then once you put that deposits in three or four times with each person, then you can start asking things because they didn't see you coming out of the gate asking for something. They realize that it's a two-way street, but that you've been generous with your giving and people respond to that. And if they don't respond, then you know not to keep rapport going. Um, Or I should say, if they're not responding positively and they don't get it and they don't understand it, then you know sort of cut your losses. But it's it's not just a game of numbers. It's a game of um, qualified connections of people who can be connectors. Then from there, you know, you do your selling because opportunities start to present themselves. And then mm-hmm. people start sending you opportunities because they trust you and they like you and they find you to be helpful. And then what I do is uh, I try and do weekly a pay it forward Friday where I call it four people I've met during the week. Um, and I've been doing it now for about six months. Um, 
And after I promote them heavily on LinkedIn by saying some kind, thoughtful, and truthful things about them, I then back channel and introduce those four people together, assuming they don't know each other. Now they have expanded their networks because they connected with me. So all of it's self-fulfilling. And granted, it might be a little overwhelming for people to think about, but all it starts with going out and just trying to help people. People want to be helped. People need to buy things, but they want to feel comfortable. They want to feel there's trust there. And they want to feel the person's not just there for the sale, but they're there to actually help. And, and they become someone in their, I should say, their own personal, what, lack of a better term, their own personal arsenal of connectors and people that are willing to give. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so just to summarize it, here's what I got you, man. Join a, a networking group, an online networking group with paid forward people, not just takers, right? With paid forward. And there's a lot of these regionally, there's online communities, right? So that'd be step one. Um, you know, step two is, is meet with those people with giving first, right? And then try to help them. And then at the same time, as a byproduct, you usually get two or three connections from each one of those that'll spider web out, you kind of continue with that process. And then at the same time, you know, you'll get those. And then I like your, your other angle to like kind of wrap a bow on it. So you're doing these one-on-one -on -one meetings, but then you're also doing kind of like a group intro, like public recognition of like, hey, these are great people, like testament. And then you connect them all to each other so that they can network with each other, correct? So it's yeah. like a four-step process. Yes, I mean, you're, you're sort of uh, threading the needle. Right. So your your success, if you're a really good networker, your success is how successful you've made other people. A lot of people have it backwards. They think about, well, if I'm really good at this, it's going to be the, the sales or the commissions or what I generate. Well, that's a byproduct of it because those can dry up. But if you're constantly networking, now that you get to keep your funnel filled long term. You're also going to have connections and opportunities that come out of nowhere. Case in point, I have a, a sponsor signing a contract with me. And um, the response was, we got you from a recommendation of someone else you've done business with who said you went the extra mile. I had two other sponsors that doubled what they're doing with me this year. And they said, and I said, why? You just have curiosity. Why are you moving away from those other events? And they said, because what you did was different than the other virtual event companies. And I said, what was that? They said, well, you were making introductions on the side for us. You were helping us pinpoint who we needed to meet. You were leveraging your network. You were thinking three steps ahead of where we need to be. That's the difference. And so if you always think about how you make everyone in your orbit more successful, you'll be successful. If you only think about making yourself successful, then it's really a matter of what you deem as success. Like I think about it a little more holistically. Like I get joy out of networking, moving the needle forward for others, partially probably because of my family history and my grandfather's survival, mm -hmm. but also it makes the journey that much more enjoyable in this whole game that we're in called life. Right. And so if you're always in transaction mode, you're going to lose meaning after time. Like, sure. There's the meaning of being able to put food on the table. There's the meaning of uh, being able to scale your business to a certain extent, but there's also an emotional yearning or emotional meaning to know that you're, that you're making a difference. And, I will find, I find that, you know, positive behavior is very, very contagious and, and that contagion can build more relationships and people want to be around positivity. So that it strengthens your personal brand. If you're out there constantly connecting folks with asking nothing in return, because down the road, those people will return to you tenfold, either through connections they're making for you, or they mentioned to someone something that you did that it's, it's like a positivity index, right? And that, that's really what 
this whole network game is, is positively make influential connections for people, help them become successful because they're going to remember where their success came from most of the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand with you and I've seen how you deliver for your, your, your customers, your partners. And so uh, I, I know you, you practice what you preach. So how can people find more out about you? How can they get involved? How can they leverage, you know, camp IT and, and just kind of give everybody a, a understanding of that? Yeah. You know, thank you, Ryan. So it's very easy for people to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. So just look up Dan Horowitz on LinkedIn or, or just Dan Horowitz Camp, and you'll find it on LinkedIn. Um, everyone who, who gets to meet me knows um, that I'm purely paid forward. Like, I'm going to whatever. If, if I can open up a door for someone, I'll do it, provided that I get the sense that they're like-minded about paying it forward to someone else. So when I connect with folks, I don't look at it as if I help them, they have to help me. I look at it as if I have to help them, they have to go pay it forward to someone else and make someone else more effective because that's when I know it's in their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of getting involved with the conferences, we certainly have business development opportunities for IT suppliers. We have several different flavors that we've tested. I've worked very well at virtual events um, and a plethora of opportunities for IT leaders to educate themselves or to network or to share their experiences, to grow their own professional networks. The beauty of what we're doing now is while we were primarily Chicago-based, Uh, Given the size of the network and the mailing list, we now have individuals, IT professionals from IT organizations joining us uh, from throughout the world on a regular basis. So the network keeps on growing. But even at the events, I always talk about this is a pay it forward community. Like we all need to think about how we can help each other and how we can make the, you know, the, the environment a better place for everyone. So I welcome everyone to connect with me and, and uh, I'm always happy to open up doors where it makes sense. Thank you, Dan. It's been a pleasure to have you on, man. And uh, it's great seeing you as always. Thank you, my friend. I'm, I, I trust this was helpful to folks in your community. And if anyone wants to reach out to me and, and for more strategies, I'm happy to, to donate some of my time. I'd, be, uh, I'd feel honored to do so. It was awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.